Buddhist Geeks, exploring the convergence of Buddhism, technology, and culture. What happens when you combine a thousands-year-old contemplative tradition with exponentially changing technology and an increasingly global and interconnected world? Since 2007, Buddhist Geeks has been striving to come up with answers to this question, and we've only just begun. Over the years, we've recorded hundreds of talks and conversations on the development of Buddhism in the 21st century. These recordings, in the form of our weekly podcast, are downloaded over a million times each year, accounting for several million total downloads. If you've been positively impacted by Buddhist Geeks, we ask that you consider becoming a monthly micro-patron. As little as $2 a month helps us reach important milestones related to the production of the weekly podcast, from scheduling guests to crafting thoughtful questions to recording, editing, and publishing the finished episode. Your support enables us to take the time we need to create something worth listening to. Being a patron is about supporting those things that are most important to you, that you feel have the potential to change the world for the better. Come put your money where your heart is. Patreon.com slash BuddhistGeeks. Uh, hey, so uh, I'm Robin Arnott. I'm a game designer and interactive artist. Uh, here's a couple of the things I've worked on. The top left is Deep Sea, which is what Vince was telling you about. It's that terror experience. You'll notice the player is blinded and wearing a gas mask that it's very difficult to breathe through. Um, I'll go into that a little bit later. Bottom left is, you can't see this very well, that's uh, Sound Self out in Deep Playa at Burning Man. That's the hardest and most satisfying thing I've ever done. I also do sound design for video games, so these are a couple of games that I've worked on before I started doing Sound Self. So, I'm going to be talking about game design for meditation. Specifically, firstly, game design as trance design. Uh, my own project, Sound Self, and how I apply this model of trance design. And uh, finally, the cultural leverage that you get by, uh, by, using, uh, a, by creating a game. By, by, by using a, a vocabulary that fits so neatly into the, uh, the commerce language of, uh, of the West. So, something very important to me. Video games. And let me just get a sense here. Who here plays video games? Okay, excellent. Wow, that's uh, awesome. So, we all know what video games look like, right? They look like this. You're holding a gun and you're shooting people, and uh, at the center of a video game experience is a... Uh, an experience of power reinforcement, of, uh, of I am powerful, right? Yeah. yeah! This is video games. This is not video games. This is part of video games, and this is certainly a huge part of the video game history, but the game industry is changing. This is Journey. This is a game from two years ago. Uh, it remains to this day the best-selling game on the PlayStation Network. And this is not a game about power. This is a game about collaboration and love and intimacy and communication. There's this beautiful mechanic in Journey. Mechanics are a word that I'm going to go into more depth on later. But there's this beautiful mechanic in Journey where you meet up with a stranger online, and as you're close together, you can fly together. So it creates this really beautiful interdependence through the game's mechanics. I cried at the end of this game when I played it. So, one thing we know about video games is they're really good at inducing trance. Uh, 
<laughs> right? I think uh, all art, I think when we really respond to art, it, it, it entrances us. We use this language of I'm so entranced by a piece of art. And I think what we mean by that is the whole rest of the world is falling away and what's left is just you and the, and, and the art. And video games are particularly good at this because the interactive systems are very hypnotic and whatnot. Um, but we can't really take this word trance for granted. So what is a trance? What I mean by this is it's a loop. A trance is an ongoing mental loop that once you establish it, persists on its own without you needing to uh, keep it going. So, uh, a kind of trance we talk about a lot here is a meditation trance, where you might be actively clearing the mind. And it's very stable and it very, works very well, right? But uh, oh, where'd it go? So the problem with a trance like that is that there's nothing to support it. We all know from meditation that you need to have something like focusing on breath, an additional trance layered into the primary trance that gives it extra support. You clear the mind, by focusing on the breath, gives you something to focus on so you don't get, don't get too distracted. That's a trance itself. And another trance of returning to center when you eventually do get distracted. These two sub-trances help give this trance a much more stable structure, allowing us to meditate for deeper, longer. So a video game, um, like a real-time strategy game or something, might have a, uh, a trance at the center of which is, is comparing your progress in, in dominating over your enemy. So, you know, to dominate, you might need to enlarge your military. To do that, you have to uh, construct additional pylons and uh, build a secondary bases, increase your economy, uh, explore. You have to keep moderating your attention. You have to really know your opponent. Um, and as you do this, you build a really, really strong trance, right? I mean, this is why when you're playing a video game, the whole world goes away. You ever, who here has kids who play video games, you try to talk to them and they're just like, yeah, 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 right, exactly. I mean, this is, this is, I understand this experience. Video games are a really powerful mechanism for inducing trance. So, mechanics. Mechanics are what we make when we create a game design. They are the rules at play uh, in an interactive system. And when your mind meets those rules, uh, as you navigate and come to understand those rules, sort of the negative space between the rules or your understanding of the rules and how you strategize adapting your mind to optimally meet those rules, uh, it, it creates a trance that is roughly symmetrical to the rules at play. So as we're designing game mechanics, we're designing a trance. And if game mechanics go well together, if they have a subtle, nuanced relationship, then you might say that's a very good game design. It creates a very coherent trance. If you have a whole bunch of different mechanics that don't seem to really serve each other, then you might have a few different trances, which just like the original meditation loop I showed, don't really hold up very well. And that would be a bad game design. So here's a game that, had a, uh, that put me in a really deep trance. This is XCOM from last year. Um, XCOM is a game where you move by moving your units into, into cover. It's very important to find cover. And I remember very clearly at one point driving home from work and as I was stopped at this red light, it turned green, and my first thought was, ah, I must dash into cover over there. <laughs> this is how I, so this game had put me in such a trance that uh, I was recontextualizing the whole driving experience in the language of that trance. So, games as creating these really intricate, complex, stable trances, what if at the center of that, instead of having some external system you're sort of wrapping your mind around, can't we have clear the mind? Here's a game that does this. This is uh, a Tibetan singing bowl. The game is, the mechanic is keep a consistent tone. The loop is listening to the tone, slightly modifying your pressure to keep the tone consistent. 
It's a very simple mechanic, but it's very powerful for inducing a trance. Here's another very powerful game. This is uh, Ohm the Dome in Austin, Texas. Uh, a few times a year, you get several hundred people coming into the Texas State Capitol for a group ohm. It's very powerful. Um, and group ohms are something that I've found particularly, have been a very important part of my story. So a group ohm has a mechanic of listening, hearing voices, and then producing a sound with your own voice. And producing a sound is a very uh, powerful um, bio loop because as you exhale with tone, you then inhale and exhale with tone. It focuses you just like breathing does on meditation. So the mechanic of chanting a tone that sounds beautiful with the tones you're hearing uh, has a very coherent relationship with the first mechanic of just listening, which can produce this really powerful effect where you, uh, uh, you feel real connection with the people around you. So a game doesn't need to be, we don't need to think about a game in, in this way of having goals and points. A game can be really any set of systems that support a trance. Here are some video games. I call them video dreams because they don't really fit the uh, history of games. But uh, here are some video games that, that do exactly this. this uh, uh, the most important one here is on the top left, that's Proteus. Proteus is a game where you just walk around a musical island and as you walk around it makes music with you. Um, it's a quiet, nice experience and it, it, it was very successful. It wasn't successful in Call of Duty Black Ops sort of success, but it didn't need to support a development team of several hundred. It needed to support a development team of two and uh, uh, it, it made them very comfortable. Uh, we also have here Panoramical uh, Ambient Flight on the top right, which is a game where you're a bird, you just fly around and it's beautiful. Um, Pixel Junk 4AM, which is a house music creation and sharing experience. Frequency Domain on the bottom right. Uh, the ones on the right here are not out yet, and Proteus and Pixel Junk 4AM are out. Um, so we're starting to see a shift in the paradigm of even what video games are, to include experiences more like this. So, um, my project SoundSelf comes from uh, a place where I was, I'd just come off the tales of making Deep Sea, which is this terror experience. Uh, I, when I was making Deep Sea, I wanted to make as immersive experience as I could. I knew that by scaring the shit out of people, I could, I could get them to forget their surroundings, and it worked. It worked really well, and I was wondering, how did this thing work so well? I don't understand how these, these simple rules I put together managed to put people in such a terrifying state of mind. And I was spending years, uh, or at least a year or two after, after developing this thing, trying to figure out what made it tick. So. It was around that time that I also started meditating, and I had this experience at Burning Man where I was on a mild dose of LSD in a dome, and I started chanting because, like I said, when I chant, I feel, it helps me feel connected. So I started chanting, and as I did, the music around me just happened at that moment to fill with voices, and I felt it pushed the first domino, and I felt my sense of self expand to include those voices, like those voices were part of my voice. And then to include the whole space, as though the space was a part of my body, the people in it a part of my body. It rippled outward to include the whole festival, all the people within the festival, the whole world, the whole cosmos, the whole everything. This is a, was my first spiritual experience. So, referencing this research study down here at the bottom right. Um, factor analysis of the mystical experience questionnaire, a study of experience quite, uh, occasioned by the hallucinogen psilocybin. And, th and this is just useful because like, what is a spiritual experience? And it's useful to have some sort of list. So uh, a spiritual experience tends to include a sense of unity, uh, 
an uh, intuitive sense of deep truth, uh, feeling of sacredness, positive mood, transcendence of time and space, ineffability, meaning impossible to describe this. I wanted to, I figured I could have this experience, and I didn't have the same Buddhist traditions that a lot of people here have. For me, this was my first time discovering that such an experience like this was possible. So I wanted to create an experience that could facilitate these, that kind of sensation without the use of a, of a chemical and without the knowledge of, uh, of uh, meditation and so on that is so uh, abundant in communities like this. So SoundSelf tries to do that. Uh, it does this by, uh, just like a group ohm does, resonating, having a resonant sound that resonates with the voice and breath. Uh, this creates that, or, or creates that um, sense of connection that I think you get from a group ohm. Um, it synchronizes the visualization with the audio, meaning that as one's self, sense of self is already expanded to include uh, the sound you're hearing, um, I hope to also expand the sense of self to include everything you're seeing. And the audiovisual puppetry and systems, I was talking about systems earlier as the rules at play, all the rules in sound self are opaque, ob obtuse, you can't figure them out. You know they're there, you know it's responding to you, but you can't really figure it out, you can't control it. So it's dancing with you instead of being controlled by you. It creates a trance loop similar to the meditation loop we were seeing before. Clear the mind, repeat a tone, uh, a focus on a, uh, a, bio, um, a bio loop is, again, I think very effective for a supporting trance. And because you can't control it, it creates this active surrender loop, which also sustains the clearing of the mind. This is very different from meditation, of course, because uh, you're not doing this by discipline, you're doing this by interacting with the game systems. So, it checks some of these boxes, I haven't got the intuitive sense of deep truth yet. I don't think that's in the reach of this project. The sacredness, I think, is given certain context and in, in integrating ritual, but uh, not for the commercial release, perhaps. So here are the dangers and limitations of a project like this. It's meditation, but it's meditation without the discipline. So it's not really meditation, right? And one of my concerns with a project like this that we talked a little bit about in our, our group yesterday is can an experience like this become addictive? We've already seen that video games can be very addictive. So just because the center of focus is no longer some external system, it's an internal reflection, can that become addictive? And I don't know the answer to that. I don't really have a satisfying answer to that. But not only is it not meditation, it's straight up hypnosis. Um, when the person is in this enforced meditative space, I use that resonance to plant the seed of that expanded sense of self. That's something I put there with the mechanics. And a person is very vulnerable in a hypnotic state like this. I could put, a, I could, I could put mechanics there that make you feel connected, but it would also be extremely easy to put images and ideas there uh, that are maybe not wanted in that person's mind. Um, buy eight copies of SoundSelf, buy eight copies of SoundSelf, something like that, right? <laughs> but this is why I keep it abstract, actually. This is one of the rules of design for me, is I keep it abstract so that I'm not putting any stories there. The abstraction is a, a mirror for you to reflect your own stories. And finally, it's just a novelty. This isn't a tool. This isn't a uh, designed to introduce you to a world of meditation. It's just a plaything. It's a game. But novelty is awesome. <laughs> so uh, yesterday in Susan, I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce your last name, Susan. I'm going to say Piver. Um, 
In, in Susan's keynote yesterday, uh, she said, nobody comes to meditation because everything is perfect. But they come to novelty because everything's perfect, or because you know, everything seems fine, right? I first came to my own spiritual practice by means of a novel experience with a psychedelic. Uh, but I don't think that's really the point here. You know, Sure, an experience like this, approach through novelty, can be the beginning of a deeper relationship with mind uh, and meditation, but I think that the trance experience itself, a reflective trance experience itself, where you feel that voice stop talking and uh, you feel your sense of self expand outwards to include everything around you so that you're no longer stuck in the paradigm of this body being me, I think that's an intrinsically valuable experience. I think this is sort of the difference between art and, and tools, is one of them we approach as novelty, and that can be a very powerful approach, and one of them we approach as a, a sort of part of a larger discipline. So novelty also gives you cultural leverage. It's also um, like, um, like I was saying, you, know, um, you, can have a, you can have a casual experience with a novelty, which you, which you kind of can't have with a discipline. So this is, on the left here, this is Kotaku. It's the, pretty much the mainstreamest of mainstream video game magazines online. Um, and they've covered sound self quite a bit, framing this meditation experience. After nearly a year in private beta, the Buddhist Geeks Network is now open for any independent practitioners who want to engage in interdependent practice. You can find out more about the Buddhist Geeks Network by visiting BuddhistGeeks.network. And if you'd like to join the community, and join us in regular social meditation practice or other events that we host there in the network, all freely offered, you're very welcome to do so, again, by visiting BuddhistGeeks.network. Love to see you there.